I'm Damian Lillard, and you're listening to From the Rose Garden on the Athletic Podcast Network. Coming up on today's show, we talk about the Blazers' recent struggles, Damian Lillard's injury, the Blazers' need for C.J. McCollum to step up and increase his role, and Gary Trent's tattoos. The Athletic Podcast Network is supported by the Quip Electric Toothbrush, the Tesla of toothbrushes. Most people's oral care habits could be a lot better. We often brush for less than two minutes and use old, worn-out bristles. Quip makes having a fresh, healthy mouth easy and convenient. Their electric toothbrush pulses every 30 seconds, so you clean your mouth evenly. And they deliver brush head refills every three months, like Dennis recommend. Like Dennis recommend. Get your first refill free at getquip.com slash listen. That's getquip.com slash listen. Rip City. Both teams play hard. Both teams play hard. Both teams play hard. Both teams play hard. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of From the Rose Garden, your Portland Trailblazers podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave DeFore, joined as always by my partner in crime, Mr. Jason Quick. Jason, all-star break. Are you ready? I'm already two feet in to my all-star break. (laughs) Oh, yeah? I'm ready, yes. Are you sitting in a hot tub right now as we record? (laughs) No, but that might be on my docket. Well... I'm now in a hotel room in Chicago, so um, it's about 15 degrees outside. Very lovely. You're missing out. I don't think I am. <laughs> well, I'm sad you're not here to wallow in the in my misery uh, in the cold. Yeah, I've gotten thin skin in the last few years living in uh, in Texas and uh, Arizona. Uh, so since uh, since last week, the Blazers. Uh, had a little rough stretch. Uh, they they had come in hot. They had won, you know, five of six. Everything was looking great. Dame still on that crazy run. Dame cooled off a tiny bit, and they lost three out of four, including three big games, losing to Utah and then New Orleans and Memphis back to back, who they're fighting for the eighth seed with. Um, even worse is that Damian Lillard has injured his groin. And is going to miss the all-star game in the three-point contest. Um, We don't know if he's going to miss any time after that. But uh, I don't think that they could have had a worse week. Yeah, I would agree. It was really deflating because it really felt like this team was starting to turn the corner. Uh, They weren't just winning games. They were beating very good teams and they were handling very good teams. So. but obviously, I think the biggest story right now and the biggest concern is Damien's groin. Uh, he said he knew right when it happened. It was with 322 left in the fourth quarter. Uh, he knew right when it happened that he wasn't going to be able to play any longer and that he was going to be out for the All-Star game. Um, he was encouraged, however. Uh, when he left the court, he went back into the training room. The trainers uh, examined him, and he was encouraged because. Uh, he could offer resistance against uh, pressure, and he still had his strength there. It wasn't uh, it wasn't weak. He said so. He that gave him encouragement that it wasn't a severe strain. 
And, uh, you know, if there is a good news to this, it's that they do have eight days now until they have to play New Orleans again on February 21st. So uh, whether he'll be back by then, I don't know, because he was talking in the moment, you know, like 30 minutes after it happened uh, today, uh, Thursday, he's supposed to get an MRI in Chicago. And now we'll probably reveal a little bit more of the severity of the injury. But um, Dame is super tough. He, he plays through pain a lot, has throughout, throughout his career. And I don't know. I, I probably have. But last night hearing him talk, the, the tone he used and the, the seriousness uh, he had in his voice, the determination he had of turning this thing around and making sure that he shows up for the second half of the season, not the second half, but the stretch run of the season, uh, was as pointed as I can remember in a while. Uh, he was absolutely adamant that he was going to show up and that he was going to lead this team to the playoffs. Um, you know, of course, he's going to have to be smart, and I think the team will have to be smart because groin injuries are a sensitive thing. Uh, they're easily aggravated particularly for a, a guy who handles the ball and moves around like Damian does. So, um, you know, I, I think right now it's just, it's just hard to tell because uh, they don't have the MRI and we, I, I don't think anyone's talked to Dame um, since last night. Yeah. And, and it's tough because we, we just saw what happens when Dame is not going, you know, thermonuclear for a few games. Yeah. Like they just don't have enough. And so if he's, at all diminished or not out there, how do they win games? That's the golden question. Um, they're going to have to start playing better defense and they're going to need better play out of guys like CJ McCollum, uh, Anthony Simons. Anthony showed uh, some life last night. He had five three pointers um, and it was probably his best, one of his best games of the season, if not the best game of the season. So that kind of gives a little help, hope. I think if Dame is unable to play, I, I think they move CJ to point guard and probably put uh, Anthony at, at shooting guard, although they might go with Gary Trent Jr. if they really need uh, more defense, it, depending who they're playing. Um, so, But clearly, I think, and, and I tried to kind of address this a little bit in today's story uh, after the Memphis game, I think this is really a time where CJ McCollum has to has to show up. He's been really kind of pedestrian this entire season. Not terrible, but definitely not great, and definitely not uh, to the level that you would hope a guy getting paid as as much as he is, and a guy with a reputation uh, like CJ. He just hasn't had that oomph, that spark this season. And I think right now would be. Uh, the greatest time for him to kind of show up and offer a little bit more than he has been. And, um, you know, I was talking to him in New Orleans and in, in Memphis, and he said traditionally he comes back from the all-star break and shoots better, particularly from three-point range. And he's right. And, and the five years that he's been uh, a rotation player in four of those five season, he, seasons, he's improved his three-point percentage dramatically. Um, you know, I think one year he shot 47% from three-point range after the All-Star break. So they're going to need that kind of production from him. And, and even if Dame is back and, uh, you know, kind of in his takeover mode, 
they're going to need CJ to play at a higher level, period. So uh, I, I think this is really going to be uh, an interesting finish for CJ because fans, I think, are getting a little restless with his, uh, I don't want to say mediocre, but uh, just I'll rather say it. ordinary I'll say it. play. It's for mediocre. CJ. It's yeah. mediocre. Yeah. It's not, a, I mean, it just it is what it is. He, he's not playing like the guy who is treated as an all star snub. You know? Yeah, but he's never. I mean, that's another thing about CJ is that, I mean, it's amazing how inflated his reputation is when he's never even been in the conversation of being an all star guard. And he, he's never deserved to be. So, you know, we can debate about the merits of that. And, you know, you could still be a very good player and not be in all star consideration. But the bottom line is they're paying him to be. Uh, an elite player, and he is not performing on an elite player status, and they need him right now. They need him big time, and I think a lot of this season, whether or not they make the playoffs, is going to hinge on what kind of C.J. McCollum the Blazers get for these final 26 games. And it it begs the question, you know, might this speed up the Nurk comeback? You know, if Dame's going to miss some time, they need somebody. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it will. I, I think they're going to be very, very uh, careful with Nurk, especially after he sustained the the calf strain uh, after his first practices. They're they're going to be really hypersensitive with him, and they, you know, everyone from players, coaches to management, all echo the same thing that it's up to Nurk. This is fully Nurk's decision. We don't want to pressure him. We don't want him to feel like people are pushing him to play and that he is needed to to bail us out. They don't want to put any of that kind of stuff on him. It's got to feel right for him to come out and be able to play. And a, a key thing is they don't want him to come back for three games and then have to sit out a couple, play three games, sit out one, play two. You know, They want this to be a, a continual build. And to do that, I think, he needs to be in a place where he's done some high level workouts and, and played some, uh, you know, scrimmaging up and down. So I don't know. Terry, they're, they're being very hush hush on this, but Terry Stott says he hasn't practiced in seven to 10 days. Uh, part of that is because the Blazers haven't practiced, but uh, I don't know if that also entails that he hasn't even had a workout in seven to 10 days. If that's the case, then we're probably looking at, you know, a week into uh, the return of after the all-star break. But anyways, the, the point is he's going to have to feel right. And I think that the calf's back uh, is going to put him back at least a week to 10 days. So I don't think it's a slam dunk that he comes back for that first game uh, after the break against New Orleans. Uh, another guy who kind of dropped off after we, you know, talked him up quite a bit. Uh, Gary Trent. I mean, listen, young players, this is how it happens, right? Like they have a, a nice stretch. You can't expect it to last forever. Um, is it is it teams adjusting to him or is it just a couple of bad games? How do you feel about that? Well, I think the last game, Memphis, uh, he was just off. I mean, his, his shots weren't just missing. They were they were splatting against the board and, and really clanking off the rim. And, you know, he wasn't the only one. Carmelo Anthony, I think, was one for 14 or one for 15 and 
a lot of his misses were way off too. It was just kind of one of those nights. And then in New Orleans, I thought I thought Gary uh, had a couple of really nice buckets, but then the game got so out of hand that uh, everyone was kind of out of sorts. You know, Gary's a very much a uh, in the flow of the game. You know, getting his shot because of somebody else creating it for him. And and once the New Orleans game got out of hand, uh, there was no flow to the game. It was just kind of up and down rap ball. And uh, so I think he got kind of taken out of the, out of the flow, so to speak. But uh, I, I'm still really, really impressed with what Gary has done in the last month, month and a half. And, and it's not just his scoring, you know, uh, he was shooting before these last two games, he was shooting over 50% from three uh, during that spell. And, and for the season, over 40%. But it's been his defense that I think has really helped this team. And, you know, it's interesting. He, he's playing a lot of small forward, which I don't think the team ever really envisioned with him. Last night, for a couple possessions, he was playing power forward. And I, I remember when he came in and he was looking to the coach and looking to the players going, I don't know four. I don't know the four. He was telling them, I don't know the plays of power forward. But that's what they needed uh, him to play at that moment. Uh, so my point is, is that he's been so valuable because of his versatility. He's, he's not just guarding, uh, shooting guards. He's guarding small forwards. He's even had some, uh, spells where he's guarded point guards. So his defense has been uh, a real godsend for this team, because I still think out of all the things going on with this team, the number one concern is their defense. And, uh, so to get a guy who can, guard and guard on the perimeter has really helped the team. Uh, and and let's not forget that, you know, even if this team doesn't make the playoffs, having the development time for Gary Trent and for Anthony Simons and, and even Nasir Little, like all of this pays off next year when they have their full squad and everyone's healthy. So, you know, it, no doubt. It, it's not like, you know, the sky is not falling necessarily if you're if you think big picture. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny you say that, Dave, because last night Damian Lillard said exactly that and, and, and pointed out those three players and how they've been kind of thrown to the fire, but it's benefiting the team now and it's going to benefit the team later as well. So um, that is going to be a plus of this season. You know, it's been, it's been a really rough season for Blazer fans, uh, for everyone in the organization, but if there is a bright side to it, it's, it's that they got development in areas where they didn't weren't expecting to get. You know, nobody thought Nasir Little would even play any games. And I don't think people thought Gary Trent would ever be in the rotation as well. Um, but here we are, and, you know, Nasir has shown he can play with these guys. And Gary Trent has shown that he deserves major minutes. Uh, and... You know, and what Anthony showed last night was kind of, I think, what they were thinking was going to happen on a more consistent basis where he can kind of change the complexion of a game just by coming in and boom, 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 hitting threes. And all of a sudden, you know, an 11-point deficit is, uh, you know, two points or or you're even. So that is a good thing. Um, I, I think, really, if you really want to step back and look big picture, you know, the two young guys, Trent and Simons, if they continue on this trajectory, 
I think it makes CJ McCollum expendable. And that's when you really have to start looking at how does this team take the next leap? You know, is it making a move where you you move McCollum and and get a, a high level wing and then you become a, a more complete team? Um, that's been a real tough thing for Neil Olshay to consider. Matter of fact, he hasn't considered it. And, you know, I, I think Olshay is really bright, but I think he has a blind spot. And I think that blind spot is CJ. Um, I think he's overpaid right now. And uh, I think his commitment to him, um, I, I, I think it puts him in a tough spot. I, I think it really shoehorns them into uh, being a certain kind of team. And I, I think, you know, I'm not saying he has to go out and trade him, but I think he at least has to be open to see what he can get. But so far, you know, everything he tells people is Dame, CJ, and Nurk are untouchable. So uh, I think with the development of, of Anthony and Gary, it makes that conversation a little more reasonable. You're not just uh, throwing wild ideas out there. It becomes a little bit more reasonable when you have two capable guys who could step in and show that they can play rotational minutes. Yeah, and, and this team that has been lacking depth all year, next year, all of a sudden has a ton, you know, with everyone being yeah. healthy and you've got all these young guys coming up. Uh, I, I actually agree with you on the CJ thing. Um, yeah. So a, as we as we wrap up, I want to talk about the Gary Trent story that that you wrote that just came out a couple of days ago, because I think it's incredibly unique. And, and my first question is, uh, what made you think to write about his tattoos? Like it's a. Uh, you know, and you even talk about how personal the tattoos are for him. I mean, as a guy that has a lot of friends that have a lot of tattoos, I know that some people get touchy when you ask about their tattoos. I don't know if you ran into that before. Um, so what gave you the idea to, to try to tell this story? Well, some background first. I mean, Gary was a guy who I didn't know very well at all. And, he, and he's not He's not a jerk, but he's not he has this appearance that he's not very approachable. He's always kind of distant. Doesn't make eye contact a lot. He's very to himself. He's very focused. And so I I never like shot the breeze with him or anything. Anytime I did talk to him, he was really pleasant. I, I remember uh had an extended interview with him after his uh 30-point game on his 21st birthday and I walked away going, "God, he was a good interview." Uh but anyway, so he started, you know, piling these great games together and it became apparent uh, that, OK, this guy has elevated himself to being story worthy. And so after the I believe it was the Miami game. Yeah, because he he'd hit the six three pointers against the Spurs that helped them win the game. Then he did the hit two late three pointers against Miami. And it was like, OK. I'm going to write on him tonight. He, he's worthy. and his group interview was just kind of, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I kind of wanted to get into his summer and how he uh, had improved so much and, and kind of the motivation behind all that. And I, and I got him one-on-one. -on -one, and as I was talking to him, I, I wasn't getting great stuff. It was okay. But I, I just kept looking at his tats and I, I needed an opening. So I started asking him about it. 
and he really opened up. It was a great icebreaker. And so then we just went on every tap and he told me the story behind each one. And I became enthralled and I was like, you know what? I, I can't just write this story tonight. I need to really dive into this. So uh, I asked him for his dad's number, called his dad, found out the whole story of him basically being trained since he was five years old. Uh, and not just, okay, let's go out and shoot some hoops, like dribbling around the, the track, dropping and giving 10 push-ups and 10 sit-ups every 100 meters. Uh, being told at age seven that, nope, you can't go to this birthday party this weekend because you have a game. I don't want you filling up with cake and ice cream because that's going to uh, hinder your performance. Uh, having two-a-day workouts by age nine. Um, all th This is really centralized and focused training at a very young age by a former NBA player. So, uh, And then I, I tracked down his tattoo artist and kind of got uh, the backstory to how thoughtful uh, Gary was in choosing his tattoos and and he kind of explained to his tattoo artist mario uh the meaning behind each one and and uh what it meant and but i just really grew to like gary he, he he's a fascinating guy with a lot of depth and the one the one tattoo that i don't know why it, it, it touched me but he got a tattoo of the character in spike lee's baby book children's book uh please baby please and the story behind it was when gary was uh a small child his parents would go okay gary time to pick out a book to read for bed and he'd always go and pick please baby please to the point where the the family started calling him baby please and they've shortened it now to to be please uh but i thought that was really cute and it was a, a moment that you know he would share with his parents of them reading the book to him and it, it became uh you know you, you have this vision you hear his dad talk about all this intense training but there was some tenderness and nurturing and caring involved in his upbringing as well and so much so that he wanted that picture of uh kind of this nappy-headed uh, african-american child that is on the cover of the book uh tattooed on his arm and i i don't know that, that it touched me and there's a bunch of little stories like that that he told me of, of his tattoos one for his fallen friend, his best friend, who uh, became paralyzed but is still fighting. That people said he would never walk. Doctors said he would never walk again, but uh, he's he is walking and he's hoping to make a full recovery. So uh, a lot of stuff like that. Um, that was really cool to see the depth uh, to a young man like that. And um, I've just really, really grown to like Gary, and, and he's. Uh, he's an easy guy to root for because he's all about hard work. Uh, he's all about family. And it was really cool also to hear Damian Lillard uh, kind of give his reflections on the growth of Gary and how he said, you know, throughout all this, he's never been cocky. He's always listening. He's everything with the coaches is yes, sir. And he said, you could tell that this was a moment Gary has been waiting for and that he's been preparing for. And, you know, I don't even think Dame knew his whole story of, of work and being trained by his dad and, 
and working to this uh, to this point. But he could see it that, hey, he has been preparing for this moment for his entire life. And now that it's here, he's really taken hold of it. So anyways, it was uh, it always when you find a story like that of a guy who's been on the team for two years now, but you just never really talked to him because he hasn't been in the rotation, hasn't been relevant. He's kind of a to himself guy. But then when you take the time to sit down and get to know him and you find he's fascinating and deep, and, uh, it really makes, it really breaks the monotony of the season and it reminds you, reminds me why I like doing my job. It's because you find, I love discovering things about people in that. And it was really fun to find, uh, find out just how cool Gary was. So. You've been covering you've been covering the the league for for a while. Yeah. Have you found that the younger guys are more thoughtful now than they used to be? Feels that way to me. Uh, but but I haven't been as, you know, tied into the league as you as you have. Maybe I mean, you know, that might be because of social media. I, I maybe the internet, are, right? Like are out there. Yeah. Yeah, it might be. Um but I don't know. I mean, there was, I remember, you know, 10 years ago, the group with, you know, Brandon Roy and LaMarcus Aldridge and Travis Outlaw, Jarrett Jack, Martel Webster, they were incredibly engaging and open and uh, endearing. So I don't know. I, I think it always just kind of depends. But I, I think one thing is that Neil Olshay, since he's been here, his eight years that he's been here, he's almost batting a hundred percent as far as bringing in pretty high character guys. I mean, uh, there really hasn't been a, Oh my God, you're a bad apple where, you know, in the course of my 22 years, I've seen my fair share of bad apples come through the Blazers locker room, but there's maybe, you know, one, maybe two who are maybe can get sideways a little bit sometimes, but uh, for the most part, he brings in really, high quality guys uh, and, and that makes it really refreshing and i think i think people in portland realize that and connect with that and it makes this team easier to root for when you can tell and, and see that guys are uh, of high character yeah i mean and and obviously it starts at the top yeah i don't know if you've noticed but there's been like the, a, a bit of a groundswell uh of people realizing that damon lillard is who he is and the guy that we've talked about all year. I don't, I don't know if you've noticed this on social media, but here in the last couple of weeks, people have been like, Oh, Dame is that guy. Yeah. And I'm getting like, I've been writing this for eight years. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just funny to have seen that. Um, well, uh, that's it for this week. Uh, we're, we're waiting on news from Damian Lillard and, uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully to, you know, have an update and, uh, Hoping for good news because uh, if he's going to be out for a little while, it's not going to be great. Yeah, four games. There are four games behind Memphis now, um, and and they only played Memphis three times, and Memphis now is up one zero. So uh, time's running out. They they need to make a big run. You know, they need to do something like eighteen and eight, nineteen and seven. Uh, over these final 26 games. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, so yeah, we'll be back next week with more from the Rose Garden. Both teams play hard. 
Philippines play hard. God bless and good night.